Welcome to Machine Learning. I want to talk about a book called While They Slept, and in particular, I'm interested in uh, talking about retirement. States owe $1.25 trillion in underfunded pension benefits in fiscal 2019. $1.25 trillion. That's what states are underfunded in their pensions. The final year before the pandemic, despite a quick but deep economic downturn triggered by COVID-19, Pew, PEW, projects in September 21, 2021 indicate that pensions debt has increased below $1 trillion by the end of fiscal 2021 and state pension plans reached the highest funded level since the Great Recession. So you can look at that uh, stat in pewtrust.org. Just 6.8% of older American ages 60 and up who work less than 30 hours per week get money from Social Security. Pensions also called uh, pension plans and workplace retirement savings like 401k known as defined contribution plans, according to the National Institution on Retirement Security. Meanwhile, individuals in that age category, 40.2% 40 receive income through Social Security only, which that means that you can't survive on Social Security only so it means that that they are 40% are living at poverty levels. Even more troubling, 14.9% have no income from pensions, savings, or Social Security. A new report also finds that a large portion, 40% of older Americans, rely only on Social Security income in retirement, just as I previously stated. Social Security, and this is another source that, that confirms that, Social Security alone is not considered sufficient for a secure retirement, and it was not intended to to be standalone. But yet 40% of Ameri older Americans are using Social Security standalone. Typically, benefits from Social Security replace approximately 40% of pre-retirement income. Most financial planners recommend at least a 70% income replacement rate for retirees. So that means if you make $100,000, you need to have a $70,000 per year income. Well, Social Security is going to be at max $36,000 per year. While others say this should be even higher given longer lifespans, and rising health costs. In fact, the analysts indicate that if Social Security income had been 10% greater in 2013, there would have been about 500,000 fewer older households in poverty. So that was um, the stats. Now, there's a book written called while they aged, 
I remember going to a Kronos conference, and one of the topics was how the impact that 75 million gray hairs hitting retirement would have on HR systems and how there needed to be uh, adjustable and flexible scheduling because of the um, impact for the older generation. And so there was there was a mixture, there would be a mixture of older and younger workforce and scheduling would be very important in managing that workforce. Now, one of the things that has been we've been talking about is the impact on high tech as pension funds and hedge funds have been selling off their positions in technology. And one of the purposes for the for the technology in the hedge funds and pension funds was growth. And so they wanted to be able to replenish the hedge fund with fast-growing stock, but they needed about 9%, so they were actually falling behind. And yet they were in this race to um, to keep funded. All right, so one of the things that pensions, one of the sectors that pensions affect are airlines, textiles, manufacturers, steel uh, makers, but yet these pensions didn't survive. More than 60, in the time that this book was written, 60 million Americans were receiving pensions or promised to receive a pension. One third of the workforce does not have the 401k. Well, if you look at it, it was one third and now it's 40%. Pension Benefit Guarantee Corp was responsible for pensions of 1.3 million whose plans fell. So that's a, it provides a guarantee. It's, it's, uh, if the pension fails, then the insurance pays out. In 2006, pensions in private sector were 350 billion in deficit. Today it's, it's much higher. And the PBGC was 19 billion in red. All right, so who owns GM Motor, General Motors? GM's retired workers and future retirees. Over a 15-year ending in 2006, GM poured $55 billion in pensions compared to $13 billion in dividend payouts. GM was rewarding employees more than shareholders. Companies feel it's keener responsibility to pay shareholders for their investment. Pensions are future wages to be paid to employees. GM has become an enterprise with more retirees than active workers. Most people don't save. 30 million Americans and families are counting on supplementary Social Security with a private pension. I think it's just been horrible how investment and stocks have lured 
people into believing that wealth is a product of investing in the stock market. And so today we have the correction in the stock market and all this wealth is is evaporating, whereas if they had saved money and been able to preserve the money, they would be far better off. The rule is of the master investor is don't lose your initial investment. In 1979, GM agreed to raise pensions to $550 a month, a whopping $900 and a whopping $925 for early retirees. In 1979, Japanese car makers could manufacture a car for $1,650 less than the big three. The pensions were paid for not by the companies, but by the car buyers. Retirees' benefits were a future cost. GM acts like a nation, uh, more like a nation, national agency than a business. In 1977, Wagner took the helm as CEO of GM. GM held 45% in the market share, and by 1987, market share had fallen to 35. Because what you're seeing is the emergence of the Japanese cars. A, uh, higher quality, less cost, and better marketing. And today, you see the emergence of the Korean vehicles, Hyundai, Kia, better styling, better engineering, and very good marketing. Much of the slippage occurred in Canada, Brazil, and Europe. Global competition was oriented toward profit and stock price, not stability and security. So that's the gram versus price uh, uh, Fisher was that one was security, Graham was about security and treasuries and yields, dividend earnings that way, and Fisher was about management style, mission, vision, values, and goals, and looking at how management was utilizing the money they had to grow the company. And so selection of companies with good management meant the company would expand and continue to grow and capacity would increase. For non-unionized workers, the 401k eased the pain of labor relations. Fewer companies had to submit to a union demands for a pension and therefore fewer companies offered one. In 1990, GM hiked 30 and out pension to $1,600 a month. GM added new coverage for mental health and substance abuse and committed $4 billion to job banks. GM cut dividends by $0.70 cents to $0.40, cents, suggesting employee entitlements being paid from the pocket of shareholders. It seemed like GM was acting more like a national entity than a business. GM made two potent assumptions, one that the pension funds would produce 11% a year, and the retirees would die two years earlier. Both weren't true. Both of these assumptions lowered GM's apparent pension obligation. 
in the 1990s, GM pension was underfunded by $23 billion. Health care costs were rising, causing costs from new costs associated with new pharmaceutical drugs. Auto workers were filing 15 prescriptions on an average a year. Wagner pushed the UAW for productivity improvements and the right to outsource. UAW was infuriated. Wagner endured 13 work stoppages. In 2003, GM sold $13.5 billion in bonds, the biggest corporate bond sale in the U.S. history. Every GM car represented 1525 of health costs. In 2003, early retirees were hiked to just over 3000 a month. A worker who retired in his early 50s was assured a $36,000 a year salary. UAW paid less than 7% of the health care costs. In 2005, GM was paying for 1.1 million retirees, of whom 140,000 workers were still on the job. By 2005, GM was paid $5.3 billion a year in health costs, care costs. It was filing a prescription for every two seconds. It was filing a prescription every two seconds. In 2005, Wagner announced a $1 billion loss in first quarter. GM stock plunged 14%, trading at $29 a share. The Delphi Chapter 11 filing was the largest in U.S. manufacturing history. Delphi was GM's spinoff and its internal parts component. Delphi pension was $4 billion in the hole. Delphi had accumulated an underfunded liability of $8 billion. GM market value dropped $15 billion compared to $195 billion pledged to retirees. The underfunded, unfunded portion of GM's health care obligation was $60 billion. UA W offered Plan B. GM could give up the UAW a lump sum of money and be out of the healthcare business. In 2005, GM losses were $10 billion. In 2006, Wagner froze the pension of GM salaried employees, but most of the GM employees were union and immune. Average compensation reached $81 an hour. 